My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Old Time Hollywood. Comedy writer Charlie Kaufman is working on a pretty bare-bones screenplay. See here, it's a story about a man who falls in love. Well, not that old-timey. It's 1994. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. It's a story about a man who falls in love with someone who is not his wife. Hmm, that's it? He's a young writer. He's never had a movie produced, and as he works on the script, he fills out the characters. Okay, okay, and and the man is an unemployed puppeteer, and he's married to a woman who is uh, obsessed with animals. And he adds more and more ideas. He gets a job on floor seven and a half of an office building. He he discovers a portal that allows people to briefly inhabit the mind of actor... um, Malkovich, Malkovich, um, Malkovich. John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're being John Malkovich. Not so bare bones anymore. It's weird though, right? Why John Malkovich? Well, as he told Salon.com in 1999, When I was thinking of alternatives, I found that a lot of them weren't fun to say. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. He just felt right. Okay. Anyways, the script gets passed around Hollywood, but nobody wants to make it. Too weird. No, you'll never get Malkovich. I don't get it. The script then ends up in the hands of Francis Ford Coppola. I made The Godfather. He shows the script to his daughter's boyfriend, a music video director by the name of Spike Jones. I made Sabotage. He's never directed a feature film before, and he wants this to be his first. Being John Malkovich. I love it. With the director attached, New Line Cinema acquires the movie? Just one question. Why being John Malkovich? Why can't it be being Tom Cruise? And then drops it. (sighs) Back to the drawing board. Around this time, Michael Stipe, the lead singer of R.E.M., had begun producing movies. I made Man on the Moon. The song or the movie? Both. And he got a hold of the script. Spike, Charlie, what's the frequency, guys? I love this script. Let's make the movie. Okay, we're getting pretty close to rolling film. But what about John Malkovich? Malkovich, Malkovich. At this point, he hasn't actually agreed to be in the film. But then who comes to the rescue? Francis Ford Coppola. I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. No, he just asked nicely. John, it's Francis. Be in the movie. Being John Malkovich went on to become a critically acclaimed oddball favorite. And both Jones and Kaufman were nominated for Oscars. So what does that have to do with us? Well, we've got a movie pitch that heavily relies on a real-life celebrity that we're pretty attached to. And it could be fill in the blank, like which star can we get attached to this thing? You know, it doesn't have to be no, like... No, it has to be Salma Hayek okay. or I walk. No? Okay, or I walk. And just like Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman, we're about to run into some similar criticism from Hollywood about our idea. One thing I will say is like the whole world knows that Selma Hayek has been married to this like wealthy billionaire. Yeah. So there's that. 
And just like Charlie Kaufman's original story, we have a bare bones idea without a lot of detail. So as we head to the writer's room this week, we're going to try to bring the idea to life with jokes and plot, but most importantly, characters. That's right. Our rom-com needs a couple. A couple that will try to overcome the fact that his ex-girlfriend is Selma Hayek. It's Let's Make a Rom-Com. you have any um funny or fun horror stories or oh just- my gosh so many yes <laughs> this is the voice of kirsten smith you can call me kiwi which is a nickname i usually go by in the world of romantic comedies kiwi is an absolute giant along with her screenwriting partner karen mccullough she has written some of the most iconic movies of a generation legally blonde 10 things i hate about you she's the man and the house bunny to name a few Right now, she's teaching us that no matter how great your track record is, pitching your next movie can still be a nightmare. One time I was pitching with some friends and we were went into a pitch and the head of the studio goes, "Mm, what what is that delicious smell? And I'm like, I think it might be my body butter. And he's like, ooh, did you butter your buns? That was the beginning of the pitch (laughs) session. I was like, oh God. Then another pitch session with that same guy, coincidentally, he... Fell sound asleep in a pitch. Um, Pretty much about minute seven of a, unfortunately, 27 minute long pitch. So it was just awkward. Like, what do we do? Do we keep, we kept talking. (laughs) We just started kind of pitching to each other. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we're talking to Kiwi about pitching is because that's what we're doing this season. We didn't really fill you in on that detail yet. When we made a sci-fi TV show, the whole season of the podcast was building towards writing a pilot episode. This year we're making a movie, and the thing you need to do before you make a movie is create a pitch. I'm not talking about those little ideas we pitched each other in the last episode. I mean a full pitch presentation, the kind of thing you would present to an executive at a studio. Normally it would be a document with characters and story and visuals, but this is a podcast, so we're going to do it a little differently. You're going to be our studio executive, listening to why we think we have a great movie idea. You'll hear the full story of the movie, a handful of scenes with actors performing the dialogue, linked together beat by beat with all the exciting details of the story. Sound good? But right now, we're a long way away from being ready to pitch our own movie. So we want to know, how does Kiwi Smith pitch? I kind of have a formula for it of, I think, just describing the character a little bit and then jumping into the one day she's walking around and she gets in a car accident with this guy and all of a sudden like we or whatever the whatever your meet cute is establish your meet cute you want to describe the overall journey of the character the immediate obstacles she's facing the fun cute supporting characters a few cute lines of dialogue a couple of set pieces and you don't want to bore people 27 minutes is too long no wonder that guy fell asleep <laughs> Okay, so now we have a bit of an idea of what a pitch is and what we want to end up with in six weeks. And it's time to get started. Okay. Okay, couples. 
The first thing we need is our main characters, the two people whose relationship is the question driving the whole plot. We decided to look for some inspiration close to home. What are some examples of couples with chemistry that we like from popular culture, but also maybe from real life, too? From real culture. Yeah. Mm. Okay, just think of a couple you like to hang out with. Mark and Anita. Ryan and Lily. Okay, no one's going to say me and Malik? Well, <laughs> I just haven't hung out with... I haven't out with, with Malik that much. Maddie and Malik. But I would love to hang out with you more and Malik. We're pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are our real-life partners, if that wasn't clear. But maybe we should be looking at couples from rom-coms. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal and Harry Met Sally. Gold standard. He's kind of like, I'm loosey-goosey, and I'm and she's a little bit more uptight. Because there's that, the, when they meet, right, she's like, we have, I've divided our time of how yeah. we're going to draw, like she has very by the book, and he seems like he's like, I'll spit grapes out the window. and He's a bit crass. They're very mm-hmm. different. She's quite neat. Grape? No, I don't like to eat between meals. I'll roll down the window. Can we talk about Julia Roberts and Richard Gere and Pretty Woman? Yes. She is a sex worker. Mm-hmm. He is a rich mm-hmm. man Guy. who drives up like a Lamborghini or something because he picks her up in a really fancy car, right? Mm-hmm. Vivian, I have a business proposition for you. What do you want? I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. I will pay you to be at my beck and call. Look, I'd love to be your beck and call girl, but um, if you're talking 24 hours a day, it's going to cost you. Do they have chemistry? I, I think, think so. Yeah, yeah. And it's a tall woman and a short guy. Which going, we love. Which we love. We, stand. we love that. That's the thing we love. We stand. <laughs> we stand. <laughs> we love a short king. I feel like we should talk about the elephant in the room, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Audiences go nuts for that pairing. They're just grounded individuals that people can identify with. Mm-hmm. The heroine of Pride and Prejudice is Elizabeth Bennett. She is one of the greatest and most complex characters ever written. Not that you would know. As a matter of fact, I've read it. Oh, well, good for you. I think both of them have a bit of an everyman quality for yes. both of the sexes. They're like watchable, attractive, like so fun to look at, but not like, oh, that's just like a hot person. I'm not like that. that that's not my problem. So yeah, that wouldn't yeah. happen to me. Yeah. Okay. So we like couples that have fun together, have chemistry, and are attractive, but not too attractive. As for the couple in our movie, here's what we know. He's a man named Greg, whose most recent girlfriend was Selma Hayek. She's a woman named Catalina, who suffers from bouts of insecurity and has only ever dated losers. And we know she's intimidated by his ex-girlfriend, and that's going to cause her to spiral and sabotage the relationship. That's something, but there's still quite a bit of detail to fill in. Ultimately, we want to figure out their driving force. What pushes them on their journey, their core wound? We could start with anything, but we decided to start with what they do for a living. Our male lead works at a grocery store, a community I just had a thought. family grocery store. Pass it down. That's what I, that's what I was always thinking. Yeah. Is family grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, community. Lock that in. We kind of want Greg to be a likable everyman, and Ryan and I were both inspired by, of all things, a contestant on The Bachelorette. I think he should be quite dreamy. I think he should be dreamy. Yeah, but in this way, that's like, like grocery store Joe from The Bachelor. That's why it's a grocery yeah. store. Okay. Okay, literally because of him? Who, yeah, 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 I yeah. loved that guy. Who's grocery, grocery store Joe? Joe is wonderful. He's from character from Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. Hi, I'm Joe. Welcome to Chicago. I'm 31 and I own a grocery store. Patty, red grapes make them uh, $1.99. Grocery store, you got to keep tight. You got to stay on top of everything. And he's a regular guy who's a manager or owns or runs a family grocery store. And he's just in Chicago. like... But he's also quite dreamy. He's one of the mm. only people ever in the show to be eliminated and everyone was like, 
huh? Yeah. Everyone was like, that, that, that's the guy. Right. He's down it, to earth in yeah. a real way, and he's just this, this dreamboat. Okay. So he runs his family's grocery store. What about her? What's a little funny setting? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. Yeah. Love that question. I love that question. We know this. the grocery store is going to be romantic and cool for uh, him. Helium balloon enthusiast. <laughs> a university setting. That's good. Ooh, I like that. And she's lost in academia yeah. in some way. Like, cause she can be like, yeah. cause sometimes you can feel like you're succeeding and not at the same time. And you're just yeah. like in this sea of. You could have a government job. Mm-hmm. She'd be a senator. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. She's a senator. <laughs> she's an underachieving senator. Yeah, she's like, he runs a grocery <laughs> store. Uh, she's like, damn it, Selma Can she Hayek overcome her inadequacies <laughs> to date someone that once dated Selma Hayek? She's like, she's like using her CIA, yeah. <laughs> her CIA context to like track Selma Hayek. She runs uh, like a cool little boutique art store and like kitsch kind of stuff no store. i don't think she should also run a store you know what i mean then it becomes like store versus store or whatever catalina makes has a new company that makes vaseline or vaseline like products he's got a knockoff <laughs> vaseline company she's way making like illegal goops no yeah no librarian I am always on board for a librarian. librarian? What? No, no. Like non. Like she she works in the offices of the library. Yeah, of she's the not. Government. She's not. She's a, not like a. She's front an admin. Desk librarian. She's an admin. She works for the public library. She Chicago. works for the. Yeah. And librarians look down like they're always like, "Oh, you're not a librarian, are you, Catalina? Sorry, librarians only." <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to put it. Okay, we know their jobs. What else? He is kind. Kind, mm-hmm. community oriented. Yeah. Is he a workaholic? Does he care? Like, is he too involved in his day to day? He's bad work life balance. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's good. what I'm. That's yeah. what I'm. He's getting. right. He's there. bad boundaries. Yeah, bad around boundaries. work. Yeah, yeah, he's just always working. Okay. Pitch. Greg is Lebanese. We also decided to make Greg Lebanese American. Then the grocery store is Lebanese. It has beautiful vials of rose water and jasmine. It's lovely in there. Mm. This is something I wanted to do because my real-life boyfriend is Lebanese-Canadian. And let's face it, rom-coms are very white. Even as a rom-com superfan, I'm the first to admit that, as a mixed-race woman, I don't often see myself reflected on the screen. Now, to me, all romantic interests are Lebanese. I don't know. If I watch a movie and the lead isn't, isn't Lebanese, I can't, I can't even like it. I can't <laughs> see myself in that. getting back to Catalina, like, has a wild past, but is, like, a domesticated version of her former self. She used to be very wild. Mm-hmm. Not, like, wild party, but, like, wild, like, get in a fight. Yeah. I think she has six brothers. All right. <laughs> okay, oh, that's good. fun. So, like, what is there any kind of, like, character-y, quirky thing that comes from that? Like, Ray's the only... Eats really fast. ...girl in a family of boys. Oh, that's yeah, great. Eats really fast. Yeah, because they had prison rules. Yeah. She, like, covered her covers her tray and like goes and then it would be fun if she's a little bit black sheep to whatever they are because like as she discovers her insecurities with Selma Hayek like suddenly things she didn't think were liabilities about herself Mm -hmm. become like bigger liabilities like bigger red flags like Like they're going home to stay with their parents for the weekend, and, and if Selma Hayek wasn't involved, be like, "Oh, my family's quirky," and now it's like, yeah. "Oh my god, this is going to be fucking yeah. hell!" Like yeah. Jesus Christ, my six brothers are going to like yeah. beat the shit out of you. Lastly, we brainstormed on where they each live. 
Does he live in an apartment above the grocery store? I find that very romantic. That's always fun. Oh, you yeah, know? he's gotta. Like, that's that's part of the building. Greg lives above the grocery store, which also plays into his bad work-life balance. As for Catalina, she should be in sort of an abusive relationship with her apartment. You know, when you're like, mm-hmm. you just don't trust yourself. Like, when I, I stayed in my apartment way too long. Mm-hmm. I could afford to move, but mm-hmm. I was just so scared. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of her apartment... We agreed she still lives with her loser improviser ex-boyfriend, who we're calling Mark. I've been saying Mark, but we don't have to. Oh, Mark's great. I I actually love Mark. Obviously. I love Mark. Okay. And now that we have all this to work with, what is the driving force that makes them who they are? Greg and Catalina's core wound, so to speak. Well, we definitely know she has these underlying insecurities yeah. about like, herself. Ins- like, yeah. yeah, core wound, in, like, insecure about mm-hmm. contributions slash self. Mm-hmm. So change is an issue with her if she can't yeah. leave her she apartment. She can't leave her apartment even though it's terrible. Yeah. She doesn't want to not have a roommate even though it's probably not the best for her mm-hmm. living situation. Even though they're really good friends. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's destroying their friendship also. Greg's like core wound is that he's scared he's not impressing his parents, right? Yeah, it's, he's got this family connection to yeah. his, and he's yeah. And that's that, why his work-life the, balance is so bad. That's the weight of the world on his shoulders. He feels like he can't, he can't mm-hmm. let this grocery store die. Yeah. Okay, I think that's good, you guys. That's good. It's really good. So to recap, and keep in mind, this is all subject to change. Catalina is a thirty-year-old library person with a wild past. She's looking for love with a true equal. Or at least someone who isn't a loser. When she finds it, though, she's racked with inadequacy. If Catalina is insecure, Greg is secure. Or at least he appears to be. Greg is a Lebanese-American man in his mid-30s who is kind, community-oriented, and worldly. He lives above his family's grocery store, which has taken over his whole life as he strives to make his family proud. He also dated Salma Hayek. Oh, and Catalina eats really fast because she has six Brothers? Again, subject to change. Okay, so let's take things back to Kiwi Smith to see what she thinks of our pitch with an extra cautious eye on our couple. Maddie, do you wanna do you wanna pitch the idea? Or do oh you my guess? gosh. Wait, what happens if I'm working on the same exact idea though? What do we do then? Then podcast over. Okay. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> we introduced our protagonist. Catalina is a classic rom-com lead. She is a good person. She's funny and charming. And the love interest. When she meets Greg. And Greg is this handsome, funny guy. He runs his family's grocery store. And so then we dropped the bomb. It's going great until she finds out that his most recent ex and most serious relationship of his life was with actress, model, philanthropist, Salma Hayek. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't really know how that resolves, but the film is called His Ex-Girlfriend is Salma Hayek. I love the title. I love it. I love the whole setup. (laughs) Great. Kiwi likes the idea. Yes. I think it has lots of promise. And then could be just how can you kind of actualize those scenes in a funny way? Like, does she find this out while she's Googling him, but she doesn't actually, he doesn't know she knows. (laughs) Is there any kind of secret? (laughs) Are there secrets? Mm -hmm. Because I think another good thing in a rom-com is what are the characters having a secret from the other and going to great extreme Mm. lengths to hide it. And then... End of right. act two is the secret is revealed and 
the betrayal unfolds. But even though she likes the idea, she did see a few problems with it. Problem number one. One thing I will say is, like, the whole world knows that Selma Hayek has been married to this, like, wealthy billionaire. Yeah. Okay, so that's true. Selma Hayek is married to Francois Henri Pinot, a French businessman and the CEO of a luxury clothing and perfume mega corporation. They've been married since 2009 and they have a child. That's something we all acknowledge. Okay, so the last time Greg dated her was, I'm sorry, how many years ago? <laughs> um, maybe maybe th- two or three years ago. But she would already was married. I, I guess that maybe it's just a pop culture nerd in me is like, I know she's definitely been married over 10 years. I feel like if it right. was anything over 10, like right. her and Greg's history, yeah. I would completely buy it and not think about it. Okay. I think it's just the the three years ago feels very recent. And if you need to have it be that, maybe you do change the character to someone that's got a little bit more ambiguity in terms of like their personal lives being so public. Uh, yeah. You know, my ex-girlfriend is Jennifer Aniston or mm-hmm. someone that's single, I think. Mm. But I like the idea that it's a, like a cool Latin woman. So, um, but someone that's maybe notoriously single and dated so much. She has a point, and we see it. But as much as Jennifer Aniston makes sense, there's something magical about Salma Hayek. There's something Malkovich about her. She has a quality we can't quite put our finger on, and we're not ready to trade that in. In a way, we're not talking about Salma Hayek the person. We're talking about Salma Hayek the celebrity. It's like saying his ex-girlfriend is that sexy green M&M or the Statue of Liberty. It's not exactly possible, but just go with it. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Let's move on to Greg and Catalina's relationship. We thought maybe they could meet working together on some kind of fundraiser for the library. How do they meet again, did you say? We have a couple, but it was also discussed that maybe, like, Catalina would be, like, doing charity pop-up dinners, and he would be helping her with the produce and the sourcing of the stuff, and that would be something they work on together. And he makes her, like, they make each other better, like, doing this. They both care about the community. Yeah. And that brings us to the second problem Kiwi had with our idea. It needs lots of conflict. When you say working together, mm-hmm. I start to go, mm-hmm. mm, boring. Like, I want them to be working apart at odds. So there's opportunities for conflicts to arise. And then when they overcome it, it's much. It's a much bigger deal. So I would try to put them really, really fundamentally ideologically opposite. Yeah, it, I feel like when we what we weren't considering maybe is that how much of their life's goals need to be what's going on when they like yeah. when they meet it has to be about them and their in their exactly, entirety exactly exactly mm-hmm. right cuz almost as we're talking about it, it's like 
Love is the irritating fucking thing that they have to deal with in order to accomplish what they need to to make themselves happy. And then they realize, oh my God, love is actually the thing that makes me happy. Okay, so good news and bad news. The good news is we did a good job creating our characters. The bad news is, no, we didn't, and we have to start over again. Just kidding. We just didn't realize you have to make them have conflict at every turn. So we debriefed on this after our call with Kiwi. I was saying it's kind of similar to like in sci-fi, we were like, sci-fi is about a cool setting. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. we were like, rom-coms are about cute things. It's like (laughs) rom-coms are about conflict that changes people. Because I was Mm, of the opinion of like their love is so perfect, it forces them to change. Yes. But she's of the opinion where she's like, their love is so perfect, there's a lot of conflict in it. And Mm -hmm. you have to change to be with someone yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, the better. It's like you they want nothing more than to yeah. not be in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the love is there and mm-hmm. it's like making everything a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. How do we create conflict? Well, Mark had an interesting insight. It seems to be that they their whole life has to be embroiled in in something that when they get together, those two things are in conflict. Mm-hmm. So like mm. Like in very blatant, like very like basic terms, it's like she is a Cold War spy. And, yes, you know, go on. And, Speaking and, my language. And he is a uh, the president of the United States. But it, but it, fundamentally, they have to be at odds. What we need to create more conflict is a classic rom-com trope. Like she owns an independent bookstore and he's a soulless capitalist. Or she's a woman who wants to lose a guy in 10 days and he's a guy. He's a painter. A wonderful painter. So we started to tinker with Greg and Catalina's jobs. Uh, He works with all types of different paints, different styles. She has a horse whose tail is the most sought after type of hair for paintbrushes. He wants that horse's tail. And that horse cannot live without that tail. I see. Why don't we just streamline it and make her the horse? She is the horse. (laughs) Actually, we're really attached to Greg having a grocery store, so we just tried to come up with some other jobs for Catalina. She could work at a pet store. Yeah, that's... A marine. That's very cute. She's a marine. She could work... She's a marine. She's a marine. Yeah, she's a sergeant. She owns the Dallas Mavericks. Keeps going higher. Maddie keeps going higher. She's Mark Cuban. He's Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kevin O'Leary. And this is Dragon's Den. And then it hit us. She could be working in a creative field, maybe the same industry as Selma Hayek. That way she can compare herself to her, and she might even run into her. Just to put it out there, it could be interesting, could be something we don't want to deal with. She would be in the business. It's true. So yeah. she, but like, she might, but that, that might, might be good. good. Yeah, it might yeah. be like, good. Because she could see actors yeah. and famous people like all the time. It kind of like could throw her for a loop. Yeah. What, like, some kind of, Producer, mm-hmm. a failed producer, like she's a produced a, a bad movie, or she's a sound guy. I always like the sound people; they're always so nice. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Continuity. That's a stupid job that you can yeah. fuck up like crazy, and then you fucked up a whole day of shooting. It's like so yeah. Min- yeah. minute. It's funny yeah. too. Continuity, also known as a script supervisor, that's the person on a film set who makes sure that costumes, props, and actors' positions stay the same between shots. It's like that's your job, and it's yeah. like, and then she's like. She's stressed out because she has to, like, be on top of every little detail and all of her little details are falling apart. So, he's a grocery store owner and she works in continuity on a film set. Not exactly a 
bullseye. But we did give her a job that's directly in conflict with his past. She's in film. His ex-girlfriend is in film. But one has a much higher status than the other. That's definitely something. Let's be honest. We were kind of stuck. Often I find that when you're stuck, the best thing to do is do something completely unrelated. And that's where the best-selling life simulation video game, The Sims 4, comes in. Along with our producer, Dave, we decided to create our characters in the game to shake off the cobwebs. Who is this first? Let's do Catalina, our main character. It asks you a few questions to determine your character's personality. Okay, now her traits. Pick an aspiration. Love. Yes. Love. Serial romantic. Soulmate. She's looking soulmate. for a soulmate. soulmate. Yeah, that'll be good for Yeah, her. because she's been serial romantic for too long. The questions are not always helpful. This is asking us what her favorite color is. Who cares? Oh, God. God. Um, gray. Gray. <laughs> I don't care about that. Yeah. And some of the options are not what we would normally choose. Music genre? She likes spooky music. Spooky music and <laughs> holiday music. <laughs> but I think it's useful. Okay, I think she's... She's hot-headed. She's a goofball. Right? Yeah, she's hot-headed. She a bookworm, a foodie? A... Foodie, she's a foodie. She loves food. She is jealous. She's, she's jealous. jealous. Let's go with the we let's go with the broad strokes here. Let's go jealous. She's jealous, hot-headed, and a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> and then the game creates a character. You can decide every detail about them, or you can let the game randomly choose. Does Catalina have a last name? Do we just roll the dice? Um, Randomized name. Staples. 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 Catalina Staples. Catalina Staples. <laughs> and she and she falls in love with Greg Canadian Tire. After a few clicks, we decided on her look. Oh, okay. look at her. Oh. oh short hair. They've, they've given her a short haircut with a little, like, swoopy bang. She's pretty. Olive skin, a little muscular, box-dye red hair, jeans and a t-shirt. And clown shoes, for some reason. That's just casual Catalina with her clown shoes on. Then we created Greg. Oh, here we go. Let's do the colors. <laughs> he likes, he likes blue, blue for sure. And what else color? What color does he hate? Let's make it orange too, so they can talk about that. Catalina and Greg. Yeah, they both hate orange. He's orange. <laughs> yeah. He's a brown-eyed guy with a big black beard and a thick head of hair, wearing a flannel shirt and jeans. Greg and random last name: Matlock. 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 That is Greg Matlock. Greg Matlock. Done. We also made Selma Hayek. And here's the plan. We're going to have all the Sims live together in one house, and then we're just going to walk away. We'll check in on them later in the season and see how they're doing. Maybe sparks will fly. Maybe Greg will start dating one of them. Maybe it will be a disaster. Are they soiling themselves, too? They are, right? Greg has soiled himself already. Or maybe this crazy experiment will teach us something about our couple. Hopefully, it will show us where we can find more conflict between Greg and Catalina. Or maybe we'll discover that when they meet for the first time. Is meet cute used in life? Like, you could be like, I, we had a little meet cute. Yeah. You like, never had one? I mean, I guess I have. I've just never used the term. What did you call it? Yeah. Um, met this cool chick. <laughs> in this cute way. <laughs> That's right. The meet cute. Next time on Let's Make a Rom-Com. Let's Make a Rom-Com is a production of CBC Podcasts and Kelly and Kelly. Hosted by Maddie Kelly, Mark Chavez, and Ryan Beal. And created by Kelly and Kelly. 
This episode is written and produced by Dave Shimka, Chris Kelly, and Max Collins. Coordinating producer, Lauren Berkovich. Associate producer, Rebecca Pang. For CBC, Jeff Turner is our senior producer. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. And Arif Narani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly and Colin Cowan. Special thanks to Kiwi Smith. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.